Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Over the last eight weeks, I've shared on different qualities of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Uh, We've been in this series, Disciple, now this is our ninth week, and this is our final week of this series. And um, being a disciple of Jesus is more than just church attending. It's about our lives being changed by the power of God's Word. Do you realize that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is living with us through His power? Jesus said in John 6, he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. <laughs> Amen to that. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The Holy Spirit continues to speak the words of Jesus in our life. God's word is given by his spirit and is speaking to us today. And God's word, I want you to catch this thought, God's word has the power to change your life if you have the faith to believe and to obey. Jesus, Jesus didn't come to the earth to die on the cross so that you could be a good church attender. Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross so that you could be a follower of his and experience his salvation. He has called you to be a disciple of his. It's so important that we grab a hold of that truth. And normally I don't do this, but I really felt, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to do this. Over the past eight weeks, I've shared on different topics that Jesus really gave his disciples to follow him. And I want them, and this is by no means a comprehensive study, but there's, these are really good. And I want, you to, I want to just go through a little bit of review time today. And maybe for some of you, maybe that haven't, maybe you missed some Sundays and one of these things hits you, you can go back and catch it online. And, but let me just share some thoughts. We are called to obey his word. The word of God says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. We are called to worship God in spirit and in truth, meaning we worship God in all that we do, not in certain things, not in some things, but we worship God in everything that we do. We are called to live simple lives, meaning that we don't worry about the things of this world. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all these other things unto us. That's so important. (coughs) I'm going to need that water real quick. Thank you. We are called to serve like Jesus. Jesus came to serve. It's not worrying about being great. Because so many times in this world it's about being great. How can we be great? No, Jesus is worrying, how well do you serve? And it's measured by how we serve others. You know, when you serve others... In the love of Jesus, you're actually serving God. It's so important that we understand that truth. We are called to be joyful because in following Jesus, we find joy. Psalm 16 says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. As disciples, we are called to forgive. (laughs) This is a hard one. You know why I know this one is a hard one? Because I preached this message on a Sunday and then that, that next Monday, we get kind of a, an account about how many people watch our podcasts or watch our vodcasts 
over, over the Sunday experience. And it was double the number that we normally have on this subject on forgiveness. Just interesting. It's a struggle for all of us. I shared my struggle that day. See, but how can we ask God to forgive us if we're not willing to forgive others? We're called to forgive. The last one last week I shared is we are called to pray. Because without prayer, there is no relationship with God. And our power is found in the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. And we access that authority in Jesus through prayer. Prayer is so important for a disciple of Jesus. The last thought that I want to share from this series, Discipled, is really the last truth that Jesus shared before his ascension into heaven. He commissioned his disciples to go and make more disciples. Listen to Jesus' words. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's just take a moment and pray. And let's just pray that God's word will touch our lives today. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that we are your disciples. Lord, we just pray and ask that you might just reveal to us even greater truths, greater understanding, greater hope on how to be your disciple, on how to please you in all that we do. Let your word come alive to us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the great ways that we can show our love to Jesus is by sharing the good news to others. It's a great way that we can show our love to Jesus. Sharing about his love, his forgiveness, his goodness. It's giving people hope that they are not living life alone. You know, people out in the world today need hope. If you need hope, others need hope. I need hope. I find my hope in Jesus each and every day. And if, if people are needing hope, why would we hold back that hope from others? We need to share the good news of Jesus. It's so important. We live in an imperfect world that at times can bring hurt and sadness and difficulty. And if you've lived any length of life, you've experienced some of the difficulties. You've experienced some of the hurts. You've experienced some of the sadness. But the good news of Jesus goes beyond this world. It's not limited to this world. The power of Jesus might help us navigate through this world, which I praise God each and every day when the power of the Holy Spirit helps me each and every day to understand more of his truths, more of his understandings, and to walk in the way that he commands us to. But there's something even greater what happens in our life. His power, guess what? It's not limited to this world. It opens up the access to heaven for us, for each and every one of us. His hope goes beyond this world to an eternal life in heaven with our Heavenly Father. People need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me share four thoughts with you today about, the, about, the, uh, about sharing the gospel. The first one is this. Sharing the gospel is an act of love. Remember that the gospel itself is born out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Not telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ is really selfish, we might tell ourselves that we don't want to invade people's privacies. We don't want to make people uncomfortable. We might say that. But if you had the cure for cancer, and you didn't share that with your family, and you didn't share that with your friends, 
wouldn't you be looked at like how selfish, what a selfish act that person just did? What's the difference when we have a cure for sin? When we have a cure where we can give from hopelessness to hope when we share the love of Jesus to others, the good news. We have an answer and we need to share it to others. In the court of law, if you refuse to testify to what you know is true, you can be held in contempt of court and you can actually go to jail. Did you know that? If you refuse to testify, there's a couple of cases that you can take the Fifth Amendment, whatever it is, but for the most part, if you know what is true and you refuse to testify, you can be held in contempt of court and go to jail. And I've wondered about sometimes the accountability that we are going to face when we get to heaven. And this is not to scare anybody, but it is to awaken us. That there is going to be a time, and the Bible talks about there is an accountability in heaven. Did we do everything that we can to share the love of Jesus to others? Accountability. I remember as a teenager, I worked at a place called Alfie's Pizza. I think I was 16, 17, 16 years old, 17 years old. And I worked as a busboy there, and then I became a cook there. And I remember one time, it was kind of late in the evening, and someone had ordered a pizza, and the counter person written, written down, they always put it, you know, they wrote down the order, and they always stuck it on that little wheel that went around, and you'd find, take off one, and you make the pizza, and you put it in the oven, cook it. And, and so I, I made this pizza, and, and this person asked for anchovies on their pizza. So I put anchovies. If you don't know what anchovies are, those little silver fish that really stink. And you put them on the pizza. So, so I put them on the pizza and cooked the pizza and, and cut it up and sent it out. And all of a sudden, I see this guy coming up to the counter, and he is so mad. He is so angry. that, And he's yelling at the counter person, which, you know, who got yelled at after that was me. Why'd you put anchovies on his pizza? He didn't want anchovies on his pizza. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling very accountable for what's going on. Well, I blamed the counter person eventually. Because what I saw as anchovies, I guess, was artichokes. But it looked like anchovies to me. <laughs> but I was held accountable for the mistake. Even though I don't think it was fair, I still was held. Will it be that way in heaven? No, I don't think so, not, not for inadvertently making a mistake. But we do know in Matthew 18, Jesus says these words. He says, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned into the depths of the sea. Wow. Some of you have never read that scripture before, right? There are other scriptures warning about causing someone to stumble or tempting someone towards sin and away from God and and we know everyone is accountable for their own decision in following Jesus but we also know that Jesus said in Matthew 5 that we are the light of the world and so even though we might not I think for those who cause people to stumble and to go away from God there's one accountability but I do think there is some accountability for us if we don't share the good news and if we are calling ourselves his disciples in Matthew 5 it says we are like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden that's what a disciple is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the light of the world. Jesus continued by saying that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Because the whole purpose of a lamp is to do what? What is the purpose of a lamp? To give light. Why would you ever light a lamp and then all of a sudden put a basket over the top of it, not a shade, but actually a box over the top of it to hide the light? 
If you have the love of God and hide it, what is the purpose behind that? If you have God's love in your life and you choose to hide God's love in your life, what purpose does that reveal? The purpose of your life as a disciple is to show the love of God to others. We are called to share the good news of Jesus to those who will listen. When Jesus sent out his 72 disciples, we've talked about that a couple different times in this series. When Jesus sent out his 72 disciples, the scripture in Luke chapter 9 verse 6 states that they proclaimed the good news. The root Greek word translate, translated proclaiming the good news, and I don't a lot of times go in the Greek because I'm not that great in the Greek. Just one year of Greek, okay? So don't, don't, hold, don't hold anything against me. Proclaiming the good news or preaching the gospel is the Greek word ewangelizo. Ewangelizo. I put it up there. Bringing the good news. It's where we get the word evangelism from. To go out and to evangelize, to share the good news. Sharing the good news is an act of love to those who need Jesus. And this is kind of interesting. In the middle of that word, right there, the middle of that word, you see down below you see the word angel? That's in the middle of that word, evangelism. And I thought it was really cool because most of the time when we see an angel in the Bible... It was for the purpose of what? To bring a message. Remember what the angel of the, angel of the Lord said to the shepherds? I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior whose name is Christ the Lord. The angel brought good news to all of a sudden to reveal that there is, hey, there is a Savior coming to this world. Guess what? That word evangelism, guess what? Jesus is calling us to be, to share the good news. We are to be his disciples. We are to go bring the good news to others. We are to be an angel to someone in need. We need all of a sudden share the good news. Hey, I have hope if you don't have hope. Guess what? I know you're you're, you're burdened with your sin. Guess what? I have a Savior named Jesus who can set you free. We need to share our faith. Jesus commissioned us to be the extension of his love. We are called to proclaim the good news of Jesus to all people. Secondly, that I want to share with you, a disciple sharing the gospel builds our faith as a disciple. Builds our faith. Have you ever had to teach a class or share on a topic in front of others? You, you probably discovered that in preparing to share, your knowledge was strengthened. Why? Because you're studying, you're reading, you're preparing for it. All of a sudden, you're learning in that process as well. Sharing your faith is similar. It builds your knowledge, which it in turn builds your faith. As you continue to build knowledge, read God's word, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we start receiving God's word in our life, our faith becomes bolder. We start sharing God's word. When we start sharing our testimony, when we start sharing our faith, guess what? Our faith grows. It increases. Peter encourages us. In 1 Peter 3.15, he says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this, and this is really cool, but do this with gentleness and respect. We never come like a bowl in a china shop all of a sudden to share our testimony to someone and just... No, we, sh we share with gentleness and respect, but we share with truth. We share the truth of God's love. Billy Graham said, Our faith becomes stronger... As we express it. 
A growing faith is a sharing faith. If someone asks you about the reason for your hope, are you ready to answer? Like Peter says, be prepared to give an answer. If someone asks you, why are you so happy? Why are you so joy-filled? Why do you walk around when all of a sudden you just lost your job and you act like there's no big deal? How do you do that? Are you ready to share your secret? Or are you going to hide that light in your life and say, I'm going to put it under a, a box. I'm not going to let anyone else see. It, what drives me crazy sometimes, listen to me on this one. Because I get it. Sometimes I hear people say, I just want my, our church to stay small like this because I just love our community like this. And I get that. I love the fellowship as well. I get that. But there's at times in my heart that I, I think, are we hiding our light? We better not be hiding our light because we're going to be held accountable for that. See, we really should be praying not that our community stays small, but, man, that our community grows magnificently, that it gets larger and larger. Because what does that mean? It means that the love of God is touching other people's lives. You know what? We have a large capacity. We can be able to share love with a lot of people, and we can love a lot of people. We don't have to be limited. Don't limit yourself, okay? Because I don't limit God, and God lives in me. Amen? So if someone asks you, about the reason for your hope. Are you ready to answer? What does it look like? I'm just going to get really practical today because I just feel like it's important for us. It should include your personal testimony of how you chose to follow Jesus and why. How Jesus is changing your life. And it's important that we don't say how Jesus changed our life. Don't put it in the past tense because God's not in the past tense. It's how God is changing my life. It's not that salvation is not secured immediately when we accept Jesus Christ. That's secured. That's, we're solid. No problem. But when we're walking with Christ, when we have the Holy Spirit walking in us, it's not that he changed us and now all of a sudden we're, no, he's changing me. And that's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear about your past. They want to hear about your present. Your past is great. You can share that testimony. But man, you know what God is doing with, for me today? You start sharing your personal testimony of how God is impacting your life. It's also great to have some scriptures prepared for your testimony. If you don't have them memorized, write them down on a card, whatever way. Most of you have it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man, if you know that scripture, John 3, 16, share that scripture to your friend and, and explain to it what it means. You can share 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can share Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. You know, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you know someone that was struggling in darkness, this is a scripture for them. I am the light of the world. Whoever will follow me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, take your personal testimony. Take some powerful scriptures that you know, or maybe it's a powerful story that you know in God's word that has changed your life. And take those two and marry them together and develop a personal testimony that you can share with others. God will open up. If you prepare yourself, God will open up the door. I truly believe that. I believe many times the door is not open because God knows we're not prepared. 
But when we prepare, put our trust in him, watch God open the door. Learn to share your testimony. Learn to give other people the reason why you have hope. The third thought, sharing the gospel brings fulfillment. There is nothing more fulfilling than to see someone who, who is lost in life and all of a sudden they find this new direction in Jesus Christ. It's not only fulfilling, it is so rewarding to see someone who all of a sudden comes in broken and hurt and all of a sudden they find the love of it. We had testimony night that was so powerful. Like two or three Sunday nights ago, we had worship night and we had over 100 people in here and we were worshiping the Lord and we, we spent time test, with testimony, testifying. And one of the testimonies that was so powerful for me was we used to have a gal up here that used to sing with us. Her name was Allie. I don't remember Allie. She was like literally like five foot. And she, man, but packed in that five foot was, you know. And she got in here and she says, she shared the testimony in our church, which she's now a worship pastor in another church. She shared her testimony. She said, I came in broken. I came in hurting. I came in divorced and from a relationship. I didn't know if God loved me. And she shared in that, I found a church that accepted me, that loved me. That showed me God's love. It was life-changing for me. And they invited me onto the platform just to start to worship and to start to sing. And God started doing a new work and a fresh work in me each and every day. Guess what? She was on this platform for two or three years. Now she's on another platform sharing the God, love of God. That's what happens when we choose to share the good news of Jesus Christ to others. What happens, it doesn't just stay there. It starts to move forward. and starts to touch lives. Matthew 6, 19 states, we store up treasures in heaven as we invest, I'm, this is my paraphrase, as we invest in sharing the good news of Jesus to others through our giving and through our serving. How do we do that, Pastor Tom? Well, I'm glad you asked. By being faithful, by being faithful to the ministries of this church, by giving, by serving. A lot of you guys, some of you came yesterday during our work day, and even though it was raining, we Stuffed eggs over there in the team room. He stuffed like 8,000 eggs. Praise God. Pastor Tom, is that really going to make a difference? Yes, it will. When we go out as a church and the community sees that they're just not about themselves, but they're really about people, that speaks volumes. When all of a sudden a church is willing to serve the community, that's what we're going to do. Pastor Tom, trust me. When someone sees that all of a sudden it's not just about their Sunday attendance, but they're willing to get out and be able to be a part of and donate eggs. We need money. You know, you always need money in, the, in a church to just continue to buy eggs and buy those nice T-shirts we're going to give away to some of you that show up. For the rest of you, it's going to be $50. Anyhow, but what we're going to okay, you know what? We're going to make a difference. Being faithful in ministries and giving and serving. It's serving at our Easter egg hunt. It's being part of the packing event that's coming up in May. We're going to be packing up, I don't know how many meals. Do you know how many meals we're packing up? 30,000 meals that we're going to send to Ecuador. It's inviting people to church, especially coming up to Easter. Invite your friends. Take them out to dinner afterwards. See what will happen. It's partnering with other great organizations, other great ministries. As a church, we're partnering with ministries. We just took a tour with FAM. Uh, family Assistance Ministries. Uh, Nancy is a, is a, is a, was a board member at least. I'm not sure. I think you might still be a board member at FAM. They're making a huge difference. Feeding the 
hungry, feeding the poor, making it. Guess what? I want our church to be a part of it. I already talked to my staff. I want our life groups to take a, the, one of their weeks as a life group. Go and help and serve with family. They said we can use as many volunteers as possible. If you're a family here and you say, man, I want to take my family. I want to go serve. Fam in San Clemente is doing a great work. And you can go there and help serve. It doesn't have to just be about this church only. Guess what? We're the, we're the b- body of Christ. It goes beyond these walls. Amen? We have Convoy of Hope that helps in disaster relief, helps feed children around the world. We support missionaries. The list goes on and on. Get involved. Make a difference because it brings fulfillment into your life. It's about creating an environment to see what God can do through you. It's also about creating an environment to see what God can do through others. That's what South Coast Christian is about. It's one of the reasons that I love the story of the woman at the well. Where Jesus is traveling on the road with his disciples and he feels like he's being called to go a different direction. He's, he's not going the most direct route. He goes out of his way to this little town in Samaria because he all of a sudden has this, and he knows he needs to have an encounter with this woman at the well. It's basically, he wants to create an environment for her to experience his goodness, to experience his love, to experience what he called in his story, living water, where you don't have to, where you don't have to thirst no more. He brings it right into her understanding. And she realizes that all of a sudden when he says, I am the Messiah, I am the Savior. And it, he builds an environment. See, God wants to use each and every one of us to be an instrument to share about the good news of Jesus Christ. It brings me to my last thought for today. Sharing the gospel, the reason that we should do it as disciples of Jesus, because it pleases God. And we should desire to please God. It pleases God when we share the good news of Jesus to others. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, and I shared this scripture, but I'm going to put it on the screen now. He says, you are the light of the world. These are Jesus' words. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. When we share the good news about Jesus, guess what? It gives glory to our heavenly Father. I can't think of anything that could be be more pleasing to God than for us to be bringing people into his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Throughout the Gospels, if you read the Gospels, you will find out one of the main topics that Jesus talks about throughout the Gospels is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. He talks about it consistently because he wants, guess what? He wants to bring everyone who chooses into his kingdom. He desires that. And when we serve that purpose, I truly believe we please God. The Bible states that God wishes that none none would perish. None. And throughout scripture you discover that God kind of shares that he's like a farmer. He's just constantly preparing, but he needs workers to work, to share the good news. My grandpa, Wells, was a farmer in Toppenish, Washington. And I remember going with grandpa out on the farm. He was a man of few words. I remember walking like almost the entire afternoon. I think he maybe said two sentences to me. 
But I knew he loved me. He just was very just, that's just who Grandpa was. We walked around the farm, and it was, I think he had four or 500 acres. We walked around, and he would go, and he cared for his farm. He'd go, and there was these little chutes that he would open up, and uh, irrigation gates, I guess. He'd open those up, and it would send so much water out into the, into the rows, and it would start flooding the fields. And he knew just how much water to put out into that field so that those crops would all of a sudden have enough water to grow. And, you know, he'd fer- he would take, he fertilized that that. F- the, 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 the crops, you know, he'd look for little insects and pesticides or different things on the, on the uh, crops and make sure that they're cared for. And, and he spent time, you know, loving his farm and his field and growing the crops. But what was for the purpose of it? It was for a harvest day. There would be a harvest day in the fall. It was all spent working hard here, but then there's a harvest day. And a good farmer knows when the harvest day is at, when it comes, when it's going to take place. There's a perfect time to harvest. If you harvest too early, you minimize your yields and the quality of your crop and you diminish the the return on your profit. If you harvest too late, it can result in losing a portion of your crop. And again, it results in poor quality. Either situation creates a lower return. But here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9 to his disciples. He says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So, mm. so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Can you imagine what it must feel like as a farmer where you spend all this time preparing the crops, getting everything ready? But then when it was time to harvest, you don't have your workers. All of a sudden, everyone on, went on vacation. It's like, so, like a staff member asking to go on vacation on Easter. No, you're not going on vacation on Easter. Get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine being a farmer? You work all year, and you're getting ready, and then harvest time comes. You don't have enough people to harvest the field. And you see this beautiful crop all of a sudden just dying on the vine. It's just not being collected. See, God needs you. God needs me to do the work. See, he's the farmer. We're the workers. There's nothing that pleases God more than when we are willing to share the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Those who might be dying, those who might be needing hope, living in sin, falling away from we need to share the good news of Jesus. The Bible states in Luke 15, 7, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents. When we share the good news of Jesus, when we take the time to lead someone to understand who Christ is, and when they accept to choose to follow Jesus, do you know that in that moment it says that all heaven, not not part of heaven, not a little bit of heaven, it says all heaven rejoices in the salvation of one. That's our goal. That's our calling. As disciples of Jesus Christ is to be the workers for, guess what? Who our God is. He is preparing through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is preparing hearts. He's preparing them for this moment, for this time. He just needs someone to go and share the love to them. Let's be that. Let's share God's love to others. Let's start this week. Let's invite people to Vision Sunday. Let's feed them. You know, people go crazy when you feed them. 
just a wonderful thing. Feed them and man, they fall in love with you. I find that. I fall in love with my wife more and more each day because she just keeps on getting better and better at cooking. It's like, oh, boy. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. Watch what will happen in your life and the lives of others. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We are grateful that we can just say that or call ourselves your disciples. We are grateful that we are your followers, that you have touched our lives, that you're not just, not that you just changed us, but that you are changing us. Each and every day we are growing in you. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Help us as your disciples, Lord God, to be the light of the world. Help us, Lord God, to be that city on the hilltop that is lit when people are lost and they're looking for a place to to come, that they can see that there's a city on a hilltop that's lit so bright. They cannot mistake there's hope there. I can go to that place of hope. Let us be that light, Lord God, I pray. Let us as the family of God, South Coast Christian and other churches here in Orange County, be that light of hope to others. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord God. If you're here today and you've never chose to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you've never chose to, to follow him with head bowed, eyes closed, and you just want to say, Pastor Tom, I want to make that commitment today. Just raise your hand real high. Raise your, I see that hand. Anybody else? Raise your hand real high. If you're online watching us today, I just encourage you to raise your hand even in your home. And I want you to just say this prayer with me today. And I, I encourage all of us to say this prayer. Because it's just good for us consistently to be committing our lives to Jesus each and every day. Each and every day we take up our cross and we choose to follow Him. Say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you today and every day. I want to be your disciple. I want to be used by you. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to do what is right. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.